Welcome to the 2S Podcast with Gage and Mike. This is Gage, the philosopher. And this is Mike, the farmer. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 2S Podcast. Uh, We do have a different setup this week, so hopefully the audio is going to be a little bit better for you. And we're going to be doing something different with our intro this week because we lost that file as well. So, but without further ado, we're going to be starting off with some quotes. So... Gage, if you'd want to start. I certainly would love to. My quote comes from uh, Kala Gilbrin. Pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Kala Gilbrin. Here it is. Yesterday, we obeyed kings and bent our necks before emperors. But today, we kneel only to truth, follow only beauty, and obey only love. Do we, though? No. (laughs) Yeah, he does. I was going to say. It's a part of a story, like an actual semi-fiction book. Hmm. So it's kind of an excerpt from that saying, we no longer listen to man. Government has no authority of us. You tell us to do something doesn't mean we have to do it. Or, you know, we don't turn the president or government or police into idolized people that have authority because no we follow ourselves we follow the guidance of love or god or spirit and we only listen to truth not whatever propaganda you're putting out and telling us no yeah i like that like setting new priorities of what's important, what's true, and what actually... I mean, it, def- it definitely gives you a, a different ideal to look at. I mean, knowing that, especially now knowing that the quote is from a semi-fictional book. So, I mean, that kind of puts it in perspective. Because I was going to say, if it was like a, based off a real-life thing, it's really... <laughs> no, yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what the fuck you mean? No, we yeah. don't. If I remember correctly, he was, was kind of like he had a semi-following and he was telling you know his old group of people you know we don't we no longer follow man but weren't they technically following him no he was just giving advice saying follow love beauty only only care about what's true not just bullies and propaganda and ideas yeah. I liked it. Yeah, pretty good yeah. quote. I'll, I'll dig it. <laughs> so, what do you got? My quote is by Julius Caesar. And it's experience is the teacher of all things. Pretty self explanatory quote. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. Yeah, experience. You can know things in your head they don't really know till you're doing it yeah yeah it's different between on the job experience and book smarts 
I learned it in a book versus I learned it on the job. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that also takes a, a um, philosophical or spiritual approach to some of these ideas people have of God, absolute, but isn't for complete because can't experience anything knows it all but has yet to experience so he made the relative world this world and divided himself into this multiplicity so he could experience love hate pain joy yeah instead of just knowing it now he experiences it that's Mm. the only true knowing well in julius caesar's aspect it was fighting yeah I mean, he fought the Gauls and fought the Civil War, Roman Civil War and everything. So <clears throat> that was, well, and he dealt with a couple of mutinies of his own soldiers and everything. And each time it happened, it was, he dealt with each thing better each time. You know, same deal, experience. Yep, yep. That's true for anything. The more you do it and the more you fail, the more you know what not to do. Yeah, because even knowing what not to do is it's still like yeah, you're still learning. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how to fix this, but I know what's not gonna fix this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know we're not gonna try that again. Because last time that fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh hell. So well, on this episode we're gonna be talking about our three favorite people from history. Now I know we did something similar to this here a while back. But it was, that was more like our three or whatever people from history we'd want to talk to or whatever, remember? Yeah, yeah. So, but this one's going to be what we think is most, some of the most like influential kind of thing. Yeah, influential worldwide or just us? Yeah, more of a personal opinion because some of them have worldwide, you know, influences, but just people more or less that we kind of think influence the world in ways that people some people might not even know kind of some like behind scenes couple of them so if you want to go ahead and start with one of yours um i was debating between two people for this one one was 300 some bc and that was lao tzu but who i ended up going with was jesus of nazareth (laughs) <laughs> he uh everybody knows the name but you know just taking a strictly historical standpoint i mean he was one person that had all odds going against him and eventually got killed because of it and yet created a following and not just one following but there's a multitude of different sects that surrounded him and his teachings that grew up around it and it was just a whole new message like a lot of things we know in society today is because of him like um, love being uh, sacrificial like that was his teaching and you know as he said you've heard it said before an eye for an eye Mm -hmm. but i tell you this and he was revolutionizing what it is to live a right life, to have a fulfilled and joyful life. 
and he completely turned the tides of what that is and what that looks like. And one of the biggest things that he brought forth was instead of like a God that was all powerful and kind of like a king, right? You got the kingly God and he told you what to do and you better well damn do it. He brought in a new idea saying, no, God is love and God is like a father who actually cares and wants to have a relationship. And that was brand new. Never heard of before idea, a concept. And that revolutionized how we think of anything today. Even if you're not Christian, like if you're one of the new agey people, you know, and you talk about this divine love or the (coughs) great mystery, they still talk about it as something of love and personal and guidance. It's like, that's because of Jesus. He brought that idea forth. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, even if you, even if at the end of the day, you don't really believe in the miracles or whatever that he did, you cannot deny the fact that he was one, if not the most influential man in history. Yeah. Because he died, you know, in Jerusalem and like, whatever it was like 33 AD or whatever the hell or whatever they call it. Yeah. 33. And still to this day, people were talking about him. Yeah. And, and he only taught for three years. Yeah. And with, and with billions of followers, you know, there, there's over a billion Christians in and the world more that are influenced. Yeah. Even if they don't know it. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, there's been countless wars waged in the name of Jesus. I mean, it's just... Which is sad, because that goes against his entire teaching. Yeah. <laughs> but still. But, I mean, it just... There's been so many things influenced by it. Some good, some bad. There's positive and negative to it all. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you cannot deny the fact that it's probably one of the, or if not the most influential person in, in human history. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's... Cons- Especially considering he only taught for three years. Yeah, which is, is nuts to get that much of a a grip on people in three. But then again, <laughs> so Adolf Hitler. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> the polar- polarities. <laughs> now, his wasn't quite, it was, his was a little bit longer than three years, but still. You convinced the entire populace that one people, one certain people were bad. Yeah. But he was also of a high political authority. This guy was just yeah. some poor guy out of you well, know, making but, fun of him. He came from Nazareth. Well, but Hitler started off down too. I'm not trying to compare. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, he did. He started off low in that. But yeah, he, but his, his he power came from office. Yes, yeah, from, was from his office. And I'm not trying to compare Jesus Christ to Hitler here. Okay, <laughs> don't <laughs> think that. I'm just saying there's. You know, it's the polarity, like Gage was saying, the Two polarity. Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> yeah, there's a polarity there. I mean, you have somebody that can do, have that much influence for good, and you have somebody that has that much influence and it's evil. I mean, it's just. Yeah. What What do you want to be known for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All fuck. Right. What's one of yours? All right. So my first one is going to be Julius Caesar. And the only, the main reason I would say Julius Caesar is just because his actions did change the course of history. Because at the time, the Roman, the Roman, it was a Roman Republic. 
it wasn't the empire <coughs> and uh excuse me and uh so him deciding to, he went and conquered Gaul which brought all of everything you know west of the Rhine River under Roman control in Europe which Romanized all that which in turn helped advance that part of the world and which we know from that part of the world in Europe it was it became a very advanced part even after the fall of the Roman Empire throughout the years and everything but so he did that and then he also when he changed the Roman uh, Republic into the Empire that changed the whole demographic of everything too because it went from an elected elective style government to a an emperor so which either went from usurpers or lineage or whatever and depending on you know how you look at it it could be a positive or negative i mean the technological advancements that came out of rome at the time were staggering and i mean but that's just because but it also being an empire it also came to the fall of rome because you had so much power and corruption and so many usurpers and everything somebody a general could just get his army and be like you know what i want to be emperor and march on rome or ravenna or wherever the emperor was at the time mm -hmm. and so it was a constant state of infighting on top of everything else so but anyway but we we still use julius caesar was the the pontifus maximus which is the guy in control of the calendar in ancient rome well the the style calendar we use is still the calendar style that he essentially created i mean it was pretty wild considering how long ago that was yeah. we haven't come up with something more effective well i ancient or ancient rome is the reason why we have 12 months instead of 10 because if you look at the months it was all supposed to be off 10 because like december deck 10 sept is 7 mm -hmm. august 10 what about may may i think may's i'm not sure how them fall into i think it was latin or whatever but but i believe it was july july and august were added in july for julius and august for augustus hmm. because I, them came from not julius caesar himself but his nephew he was known as octavian and then as Augustus, and then Caesar Augustus. And that was the first emperor of Rome, was Julius Caesar's nephew. But either way, it's directly linked to Julius Caesar. Hmm. Because Julius Caesar is the one that appointed him his heir. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Still using it today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like also, like, this is just a fun fact that has nothing to do with Julius Caesar, but a fun fact. Uh, train tracks, okay? You know, how did we get that distance from track to track? What do you mean? You know, the spread of the tracks, the train uh, tracks? Yeah. What do you think that was? What do you think caused that? 
So in Britain, when the trains were invented, they, everything was, they used uh, carts and stuff, wagons and shit. Well, the wagon, they used the width of the wagon wheels because they already had that as a true dimension to carry freight. Okay. Well, the dimension they got for their wagon wheels with was the same dimension the Romans used on their wagon wheels. So the spacing of train tracks is the same spacing as a Roman wagon. Hmm. So did the Romans just nail it the first time? They actually went through trial and error and found which size would be best to carry, be the most efficient. The way you weren't too wide and the way you weren't too narrow, but what could carry the most weight. Because, of course, the longer you go out, the less weight you can carry because you have so much more load on stuff and brake. And the narrower you go, but you're more stable with wider. The narrower you go, you can carry more weight because you have a shorter axle, but you're easier to tip. So the trial and error they came up with their axle width, and that's just what they used. So that's what they had to go off of. That's what worked. So yeah, your modern train rail, at least in Europe and the United States, is based off the the width of a roman cart and like what we said the ancients weren't stupid no <laughs> but you want to go ahead and do your next one yeah going back to rome uh marcus aurelius oh, i was gonna guess that <laughs> he's my dude uh he's a roman emperor when the two late 200s Early 300s, I think. No. No. Late late 100s. Yeah, late 100s to the 200s. Yeah, because he was was before the crisis of the 3rd century, which would be 200s. Yeah. It was before Constantine. Yeah, way before Constantine. But uh, he never wanted to be emperor. He wanted to be a philosopher. But... He took it as his duty to do anyway, so he did. And he still studied philosophy and wrote much about it. He kept his own journal that was strictly for himself. And after he died, they kept it. And you can read it today. It's just called Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Real fascinating to read. It is. It is very interesting. I listened to it a little bit at work. Yeah. It's just, it's one of them ones where it's, it's kind of like, it can be boring at points. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is full, chock full of good information. Yeah. And especially in the context of he was an emperor, had all this power, and he was sick, and he was mostly fighting over outside the kingdom most of the time, mm-hmm. and yet was still writing the things that he was writing. Kind of tells you the kind of person he was, which is a very rare kind of person. Almost would be like Plato's philosopher king. Yeah. Well, and that would make, and he was after Plato. Oh, yeah. He was way after Plato. Yeah, I mean, and Marcus Aurelius, he was a, he was a good emperor. I mean, he, but I'd say his biggest downfall was the fact that he was out fighting majority of the time. And he was criticized for the aspect of not being a 
a, the best commander out there because he wasn't really into the military as much. And the only reason... The only, you have 10 minutes. Why? So we're just now being aware that we can all record for up to 30 minutes. Fuck. <laughs> That's okay. We can do this. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, speed through this. We got 10 minutes. But, but yeah, Marcus Aurelius. But, uh, yeah, the, the Roman people essentially just wanted to – they were all about war, and for an emperor to be in and not that not be his main shtick was a big, a big difference for him. He he heavily relied on stoicism. That yeah. was his thing. So, but now my next person is going to be Cassius Marcellus Clay, and he's a uh, he was a politician from Kentucky and an abolitionist for the slave, you know, anti-slavery. Well, he's probably the one of the most influential per- people in American history you've never heard of. He. He basically he would go around and he would duel, dueled a bunch of people. He was probably he was known as the deadliest duelist on this side of the Mississippi, maybe even in North America, at the time. Uh, he went to uh, he was a Russian ambassador during the Civil War, and convinced Russia to put pressure on Britain and France so they wouldn't send any aid to the South. He essentially forced Abraham Lincoln to uh, sign the Emancipation Proclamation two years early and everything. I mean, he was a very, very influential person, and you just don't, you never hear about him. He's just kind of like one of them wild cards you couldn't do without. He was everywhere and doing everything. Yeah. Well, his, his, uh, his cousin was Henry Clay. He was a famous lawyer that had never lost a case. Well, when he Henry Clay campaigned for president, he had Cassius Clay be, uh, you know, help with the campaign. But he wasn't allowed to campaign in the South because he was worried that Cassius Clay would kill so many slave owners it would be considered voter fraud. <laughs> so, yeah, he was one of the days, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was just a fucking badass. It was fun. It was funny. Someone you can make a good movie or TV series. Oh, absolutely. And if you want to learn more about him, go to uh, go on YouTube and listen to or watch the video from the fat electrician on there. I know he don't know we exist, but I love watching his videos because he not only explains a good history on them, but they're actually quite funny to watch. So I would definitely give that a, a listen to. If nothing else. So, Fat Electrician, give us a shout out. <laughs> but, yeah. So. Uh, my my third guy is Kahlo Gibran. He uh, immigrated to the U.S. He uh, was born in 1883 and died in 1931. Originally from Lebanon. Lebanon, 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 and came to the U.S. and he uh, was a writer and a mystic, 
and he was involved in a lot of different things that kind of helped shape not really politics but um this kind of religious culture in a way in a very underlying tone but uh one of his most well-known books was uh called the prophet and it's one of those it's got like uh 20 chapters but Mm. each chapter's a page or two pages yeah and it's all categorized it's one of those you can just flip open and read highly recommend i'm pretty sure you can get the whole thing for free online huh but very uh deep and mystical and thought-provoking yeah that's always a good thing it's what we're we're always about getting your brains working right yeah yeah He's a good one. The prophet or the madman. Madman's a good one. <laughs> madman. <laughs> well, my last person is going to be, and he is influential. You know, you, I've no majority of you people probably never heard of him, but John Moses Browning is his name. He's the designer of a bunch of different firearms because I, I am a gun nerd. So that's why I know him. He uh, designed the Colt 1911, the Winchester Model 97. The Winchester Model 73, but basically most of your Winchester lever action rifles. Uh, a lot of your, some pump action 22s. Uh, made a machine gun without ever seeing a machine gun, if that makes sense. He, he literally made his own machine gun after never seeing one. Uh, built his first gun at age 13 out of scrap parts. Yeah, that's wild. And then he... Uh, he invented the Browning automatic rifle, the 1919. A lot of these were used in World War One, World War Two. Uh, the what the 50 caliber machine gun our U.S. military uses today was designed by him in like 1920, and it's still being used because they ain't found nothing better to, to replace it. That's when you know you're good. Yeah. After all the innovation we've had since they then. have approved on improved on the design a little bit, like making it easier to headspace and this, that, and the other. The fundamentals mm-hmm. of it. But essentially the gun is the same as it was when it was first made. So he uh definitely influ- influential when it comes to warfare, because even the Germans said during World War Two that if they they had uh M two Brownings, which is what they called them guns on their planes that the battle over Britain would have went way different, mm-hmm. but they're just so reliable and they're easy to ease of maintenance, you know, and plus 50 caliber rounds, no slouch. Yeah. <laughs> it's classified anti-material. So, but yeah, so he was, he was pretty influential when it came to come to warfare. And he, the big thing about him was, is he never took any royalties for his designs that he sold to the U S government. He had to take a buyout payment for it, but he would have made more if he had done royalties. And the reason he didn't do royalties is because he said it was his duty to his country. So like he, he didn't die poor, but he could have been a lot more. He could have been rich, like rich upon rich. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, so, well, here's our three personal favorite people from history. Yeah. Hopefully, you learned a bit about them or find one interesting and look them up. We can do learn our, about them. We can do our uh, 
quick weird fact. Yeah, we're running out of time. Yeah, sorry this has to be expedited, but we gotta we're still figuring out software and stuff, so uh, my my weird fact is the hashtag symbol is technically called the Octothorpe. All right. Because uh-huh. octo is a prefix, refers to eight points, mm-hmm. which is what it has. and But Thorpe, apparently, nobody knows what that means, other than possibly village, huh. coming from the Eng- old English village. So it's like, I don't know. They don't know. But technically, yeah, it's called an Octothorpe. So instead of saying like hashtag the 2Fs podcast, it's Octothorpe the 2Fs yeah. podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to hear yours. I kind of already gave my fact in the, or one of my weird facts now about the Roman carts. Oh. So yeah. I'm just going to count that as my facts as we're running out of time. But, uh, I'll go on. I'll save this fact for another episode. You guys will like it. Stay tuned. <laughs> I guess for songs, I'll go ahead and do mine. And it's a uh, 16 tons by Tennessee. Ernie Ford talks about the uh, working in the coal mine and how uh, the company store used to be back in the day, how they wouldn't even pay you real money. It would just be kind of credit for the company store. And so you'd always be in a state of debt. Pretty good song. I'd give it a listen to. Mine is, it's a slow tone, sadder song. It's called Nothing's Right by Bird Talker. That's the only song I know by them. Bird Talker, <laughs> Nothing's Right. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, hopefully you enjoyed the episode, found it interesting. Yeah, and we'll try and work on getting stuff the way we can actually record like we, the length we used to. So I hope you all have a wonderful week at work. And we'll see you guys again next week. Adios.